The following is from Red Hill Baptist Church, where we exist to glorify God, grow more like Jesus, and go with the gospel. To find out more about our ministry or to contact us, please visit redhillbaptist.org. Bye. 
We'll take your copy of God's Word, please, and let's go back to the book of Philippians. And we're going to begin in Philippians today, but we're not going to stay there. We're actually going to go uh, to another book as well. So if you want to find your spot in Philippians, and if you'd also like to find your spot in the book of Psalms, and uh, Mark Psalm 92, and we'll be in Psalm 92 in just a little bit. As you may know, we're in a series on the book of Philippians that we're calling Uh, Finding Joy. And we're going to begin in Philippians today, but I do want to focus on another passage and I want to share with you something that God has laid on my heart. Something that the Lord has been dealing with me about personally. uh, Something that I've been struggling with and perhaps you have been struggling with it too. You know, we're coming up on a year of living in very strange times. It seems like it's been forever, but really we just go back to almost a year ago. If I remember correctly, I remember the Saturday night. The next day we were supposed to have Youth Sunday. We were going to have a spaghetti lunch to raise money to send our children and teens off to camp. And on that Saturday we made a very difficult decision that we were going to have to cancel service. And you remember, it was going to be two weeks to flatten the curve. But we didn't know how long this curve was and how far it went. And two weeks became two months, and now here we are, almost at a year of living in some very, very strange times. What we thought we'd deal with for a couple of weeks. In fact, I remember, it's comical now, I remember saying to Danielle, I don't know if I'll put up any videos. I mean, it's only going to be a couple of weeks. Charles Stanley does a better job. I can just watch Charles Stanley for two weeks. And then I realized, no, we, we need to do something. And then we went to all online And then finally, we got to the point where we came back to church. And, you know, we kind of did really well there for a long time with two services. And then we got to a point we had to kind of go out and back a little bit. And then we went out after Christmas time. And then we're back in again. And we praise the Lord that we are back here today. But then on top of living in all that weirdness, we had unrest in our society. We watched with horror as unrest broke out. And then we've just experienced a very, very contentious election season. And and I look at things now and I wonder, well, my goodness, what's it going to be like next time and the time after that and the time after that? I mean, to bring in the National Guard and our Capitol and erect fences and you begin to look around and say, well, where exactly are we living and what is going on? And then on top of the unrest and the contentious Uh, election season, there's just bad news upon bad news upon bad news with storms and all kinds of things going on. And it's kind of like a layered cake that tastes horrible. And it's just layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And it became clear to me in the last couple of weeks in my own life that I've become very negative in my thinking. That I had developed a negative mindset a negative spirit, a negative attitude. And you know, we're going through the book of Philippians and Philippians has really, really blessed me, but it's also challenged me tremendously, more than ever that I've ever read the book. 
You know, last time we talked about that we're to esteem others better than ourselves in chapter 2. And then if you're in Philippians, if you're in the second chapter, you get down to verse 14. And you stumble upon this verse. And as far as I know, nobody takes this as their life verse. (laughs) But Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things, what does it say? Without complaining and disputing. Without complaining or murmuring and arguing. Do all things that way. I call that an ouch verse. Whenever I read that, I say ouch. Do all things without complaining? All things? That's what it says. And then you keep reading in Philippians, you get to the fourth chapter, it talks about our thinking. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, knew that we need to be careful with our mental diet. And here in the last week or two especially, I realized that I needed a change. I needed a change. I had to confess my negativity and adopt a different mindset, a different attitude. In the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of all that's going on, I needed a change. I needed to go from a spirit of negativity to a spirit of thanksgiving. From a true negative to a true positive. I can't wait till November of 2021 to do this. I can't wait till we have a holiday on the calendar. I've got to go there today. A man once wrote this. He says, I am thankful for the clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. For all the complaining I hear about the government because it means that I have freedom of speech. For the alarm that goes off in the early morning hours because it means that I'm alive. And I needed that one today. I did not want to get up. I love y'all, but man, I had to drag myself out today. For the teenager who is not doing dishes, but is watching TV because that means he's at home and not on the streets. How about this one? For the taxes that I pay because it means that I'm employed. For the lawn that needs mowing, the windows that need cleaning, and the gutters that need fixing because it means I have a home. For the weariness at the end of the day, because it means that I am capable of working hard. For the parking spot I find at the far end of the parking lot, because it means I'm capable of walking and I've been blessed with transportation. Do you see the change of perspective? From a negative to a true positive. From something that we consider to be uh, not good to something that's glorious. And that is thanksgiving. Now I want to talk to you this morning about how to express thanksgiving to the Lord. I need this. If you don't, that's fine. But I have a hunch, and it was confirmed after the first service this morning, I have a hunch that there are others like me who try as we may. And by the way, I'm not a news junkie. If I I spent hours, I probably wouldn't make it at all. I wouldn't even probably be able to be here. But just the news that comes, just just the summaries of the bad things and looking around in our society... I have a hunch that maybe somebody else here today, somebody else listening, maybe you, if you're honest, some negativity has creeped into your life too. And your thinking's not maybe where it needs to be. And I want to challenge all of us today. And so if you would, if you would go to Psalm 92, and I want to share with you some ways 
that we can express our gratitude, our thankfulness to the Lord. Psalm 92 is a wonderful passage of Scripture. I want to read just the first four verses. I'm going to give you three simple ways to express your gratitude to God. Psalm 92, beginning at verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name almost high, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute, and on the heart with harmonious sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. Now, it says there that it's good to give thanks to the Lord. That means honest. It means pleasant. It means profitable. And we're not left to wonder about who we should be thanking. It says it is good, it's honest, it's profitable to give thanks to the Lord. And I think the very, the very basic and easiest way to express thanksgiving to the Lord is by saying it. By saying it. Just to say, dear God, thank you. Dear God, thank you. We should say it personally. We should say it as a church family. We should say it corporately together. You probably know Psalm 100 or you're familiar with it. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Think about all the talk that goes on in the church house, in the parking lot. Now that's something we actually miss. And I kind of watch, you know, I get to come to both services. Notice I didn't say I have to. I do have to. But I get to come to both services. And one of the things we missed early on, of course, was gathering. We were all at home. And we liked the fact that we could just have church in our pajamas and nobody cared. If you, know, if you didn't like what I was saying, fast forward, soothe your conscience, move on about your day. But we missed gathering. Then we gathered and we would watch. And I watched it week after week because we were, we were unsettled. We were not used to this. People would come in and everybody's sitting there. Everybody's by themselves. Not, not over there. Nobody's doing anything. And church would end and there was a mass exodus out the doors. People running. Well, maybe not running to their cars, but moving to their cars immediately and driving off. And then I've watched as it's lightened up a little bit. And now people, we had several hung around that the nine o'clock service afterwards and, and people are starting to hang out a little bit more and maybe they move out and talk in the parking lot. I noticed that the nine o'clock service, the guys were on the park and they were on the uh, uh, porch out there talking and it seemed a little bit normal, but we missed the fellowship. We missed the talking. We missed having a church meal. We, we missed sitting around the table. But remember back, you know, we used to do that and we're still, we're starting to do more of that talking. But how much of our talk in the church house, around the church house, is about the goodness and the glory of God. And how much of it is thanksgiving? Think about your prayer life. How much of your prayer life is filled with thanksgiving? Now, yes, pray for your needs. Pray for your family. Pray for others. All of that's proper. In fact, God says, cast all of your care upon me because I, I care about you. But how much of our prayer life is thanksgiving? When's the last time we really went to the Lord and said, God, I'm not going to ask for anything today. I just want to praise you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. In reality, some of us are more thankful to human beings than we are to God. And by the way, we ought to be thankful to human beings. We ought to be gracious and kind and courteous. God, that that would come back again. Help us to do that. 
But how dare we be more thankful to humans than we are to God Himself? And the easiest way to do it is to say it out loud. Just to say it. Say it to the Lord in prayer. Say it out. What wonderful opportunities are available on a daily basis to praise and thank God. We should be known by our thanksgiving. We should not be ashamed of it. I read a story about a fourth grader. He stood up in his public school class. He was giving a report on the origins of thanksgiving in his public school. Here's what he said. The pilgrims came here seeking freedom of you-know-what. When they landed, they gave thanks to you-know-who. And because of them, we can worship each Sunday you-know-where. May, not, not, may that not describe us. By the way, he has the right to say what he wanted to say. And we ought to say it. We ought to be known by our thanksgiving. Those who know us, there should be no doubt in their minds that we're a thankful people to God. Now, I'm not talking about preaching at people. I'm not talking about putting on a show. I mean, it's just in us. We're just filled with a grateful heart and we can't help but to say it. I am thankful saying it out loud. It's good to give thanks to the Lord by saying it. But then you keep reading in that verse. We also know that we can express gratitude to God by singing it. Notice the next part of Psalm 92, verse 1. It says, sing praises to your name, O Most High. Now, this is one of the best ways to express gratitude to God, and that is by singing. Put this reference down if you'd like, Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. It's interesting, the very next verse, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, the book of Psalms is a hymn book. I don't know if you noticed it in your copy of the Scriptures, but if you look at the beginning of Psalm 92, you, it may have in your Scripture a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. They sang these songs. This was their hymn book, which is amazing. You think about the Jewish people singing, but then think about this. The Lord Jesus sang these songs. Wouldn't you love to sit next to Jesus as he sang? Can you imagine? He sang these songs. Please don't sing mindlessly in church. Think about the words that we're singing. The words, the songs that we sing, we, we choose them carefully. And they're filled with truth and praise to the Lord. You're to sing them joyfully. You're to sing them reverently. You're to sing them prayerfully. Psalm 100 again, verses 1 and 2. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Now maybe you're listening and say, well, I can't sing. No, you can sing. You may not be able to sing well, but you can sing. And God nowhere says you have to sing well. He says, make a joyful shout. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. And you can sing. And if you don't sing well, just sing softly so you don't impact those around you, all right? No, but in all honesty, sing. I think that's one of the hard things it is when we're up here leading worship is uh, when people wearing masks and, and we have the sound of the instruments up here, half the time I don't know if people are singing or not. But God knows. See, because they're not singing to me. There is an element of that, singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. There's an element of edification, but ultimately it's about singing to God. We remind our people here in the worship team and the choir and different places that this is not a show. This is not a concert. We are not performing. 
This is leading in worship. This is magnifying and glorifying the Lord. This is leading in corporate worship. We're encouraging. You notice that we're not singing songs you know, where we don't want you to sing. We want you to sing. That's why we're here. We're to sing together. And one of the best ways to express gratitude to God is through song. To sing songs of praise to Him. But there's a third way. Not only by saying it, not only by singing it, but thirdly, by sharing it. Now I want you to go back and look at Psalm 92 again. This time, verse 2. It says, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. That word declare, if you, your translation might say show forth, to show forth or declare has the idea of telling, of making known, to be conspicuous, to publish, to announce. I look at it this way. Maybe this is, is not only Godward, but also outward to other people. We're to praise to the Lord. We're to thank the Lord. We're to sing to the Lord. Then we're to declare, to publish, to announce, to be conspicuous, to let other people know too about God's loving kindness and His mercy. We just talked about singing, and here we come to verse 3. I want you to notice it moves to instrumental music. It says, On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute, on the harp, with harmonious sound, for you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. John Kirsten said the psaltery or the lute and the ten-string instrument were played energetically. The harp, on the other hand, was played solemnly. In this we see there is time for energetic praise and solemn worship. You know, one of the neat things that I get to do is I get to attend both services and it's two different worship styles. So at 9 o'clock this morning, we had the piano and the organ and we had hymns. And now here in the 11 o'clock service, we had a piano, a couple of guitars, uh, we had these instruments here, and different instruments, different instrumentalists, and this is biblical. I'm looking forward to the day we can bring both groups back together into one. And it'll be a blended time of worship. There'll be hymns. There'll be uh, contemporary music. You know, we were that way before. But I think it's going to be even greater in the days to come now that we have live music. And that's biblical. And you know, these people that have such talent, they can play an instrument and sing at the same time. Wow. I can't do that. The psalmist here, he's focusing on God's work. He says there in verse 4, For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. He's glad, he's rejoicing, he's praising because of the work of God's hands. If you want to get really glad, consider the work of our awesome God. He says, declare what? God's loving kindness and faithfulness. Now, this is not drawing attention to ourselves. This is drawing attention to God. And he speaks of this instrumental music. So these people that can take up a guitar and they can sing and play at the same time. I'm not supposed to be envious or jealous. I've always wanted to do that. Now, thankfully, my son does it now, so he can pick and I can grin, all right? <laughs> but I wish I could pick and grin and sing at the same time, but I can't. Those of you that can, you can do that to the praise and worship of God. But guess what? All of us can do it. All of us can play music. You can get out a CD. You can turn on the radio. You can go to XM Radio. You can turn up the music. And you can worship 
the Lord. You can praise Him and thank Him. And let me encourage you to do that. By the way, if you are in a spirit of negativity, you need to get some good music flowing in your life. I don't mean go get the kind that drags you down. There's a lot of that out there. I mean music that lifts you up, that encourages you, that reminds you of the goodness of God. We're to show forth the abundance. We're to announce God's goodness in our daily lives. Now, it's interesting. Notice it talks about the time of day. Did you notice that? In verse number two, it says to declare your loving kindness in the morning. Now, what is loving kindness? Well, it means mercy, the mercy of God. And then it says that we're to declare your faithfulness every night. What is faithfulness? Well, it's God's security, his stability, his firmness. It's interesting that he ties it to a time of the day. He mentions morning and night. In fact, he mentions every night, actually. We're to show forth his loving kindness in the morning, his mercy. Has the idea of dawn or breaking early the light. While we are refreshed, hopefully, from a night's sleep, we awake, we're alive, and we're to show forth his loving kindness, his mercy. Did you know it's because of God's mercy that you're here this morning? You know this passage, Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. Through the Lord's mercies we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in Him. We should declare, announce, publish, be conspicuous both privately and publicly every morning about God's mercy in our life. It's of the Lord's mercies that you're here. The Lord allowed you to wake up. The Lord allowed you to get up. The Lord allowed you to get dressed. The Lord allowed you to get here safely. The Lord is allowing your heart to beat right now, your lungs to function, that you can be alert, your mind is functioning. And it's all of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And it's new every morning. And we ought to declare it every morning. Imagine somebody asks you tomorrow how you're doing. I know tomorrow some of the kids are going back to school. Monday, how you doing? Oh, that's Monday. But imagine if you answered differently. I don't mean for a show. I don't mean to be holier than thou. I don't mean to preach. But imagine saying, you know what? I'm grateful that God gave me another day. You see the difference? Declaring his praise. Zig Ziglar, as I understand it, often answered it this way. When somebody says, how are you doing? He says, I'm doing better than good. I'm doing better than good. That's good, isn't it? I'm doing better than good. God has given him us his mercy and giving us another day to live. You might be dealing with a pandemic. You might be dealing with hardship. But you are alive. Yes. And you're really alive now. You're alive. You're alive. Begin the day with God, then end the day with God. Notice the words here. Look back at verse 2. Thy faithfulness every night. Has the idea of looking back on the day. Now, if God in His mercy gives us this whole day, we can do this in a little while. When you're getting ready for bed tonight, you can maybe get yourself there, maybe you sit down on the side, and you begin to look back and you think about God's mercy. God allowed you to get up. I imagine that you had food to eat this morning. I know that once we're done, you're going to go find more food to eat. You have clothes to wear. You have a home, automobile. He's going to be with you throughout this day and whatever activities you have planned, whatever's going to happen today. 
And as you look back over the day, I mean, tonight, when you look back over the day, every one of those, you can say, God, you were faithful. God, you now, sometimes we're not faithful. We fail God, but God is always faithful. And we're to declare his faithfulness. Maybe you think, well, what's it, what if it's a bad day? I mean, what if you, tomorrow night you get there and you look back and you say, well, the first thing in the morning, the tire was flat on the car. And then the spare was flat. And, and I, can't, I can't get... And now I'm late for work. And, and now, man, I got to work. Then I spilled food down my shirt. And I had an important Zoom meeting. And, and, and the internet just went out. And then my child's teacher called and she wasn't calling with a praise report. Then I got home and the kids are fighting. I burned dinner. The laundry's piled up. And here's a medical bill from two years ago. I didn't even know that I was coming. I mean, I thought I paid that off. It's been two years. What, what about one of those days? I mean, it's been a bad day. And I'm supposed to praise the Lord? Listen to what John MacArthur said. When God brings trials and difficulties into our lives and we complain and grumble, we question His wisdom and love as well as His sovereignty. The only person who can genuinely give thanks for all things, listen, is the humble person. The person who knows he deserves nothing and who therefore gives thanks even for the smallest things. Lack of thankfulness comes from pride, from the conviction that we deserve something better than we have. Can I just remind you that the only thing we deserve is condemnation and hell. That's all we deserve. Because we were rebels running from God, shaking our puny fists in Him, in His face. And God in His love and mercy and compassion says, I love you. You don't love me, but I love you. And He worked in our wretched, darkened hearts, shone the glorious light of the Gospel, opened our eyes to the truth. We turned from our sin, placed our faith in Him, and He gave us a place in His family. He gave us forgiveness. He gave us riches in Christ Jesus. He gave us a home in heaven. He gave us purpose and joy and peace. And so can I just tell you, yes, even on the bad days, He's worthy of praise and glory and honor and thanksgiving because all of it is a glorious, wonderful gift from His hand. And remember this. God uses the bad days too. Romans 8.28 is still in the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And so for whatever reason, beloved, can I just remind you of this? The pandemic is part of your story. God could have put us at, to, to live at any point in history. We could have lived back in Abraham's time. We could have lived back in the time of the disciples, but He chose to sovereignly place you on planet Earth. And yes, part of your story is living through 2020 and 2021 and beyond until He calls you home. And He has a purpose in what He's doing. And He's shaping you and molding you. He's knocking off the rough edges. He's refining you. He's working to make you like Jesus. And the bad days are part of it. And the flat tires are part of it. And the bad reports are part of it. And the health problems are part of it. And the pandemic's part of it. 
say, well, I don't like it. You will one day. When you look back and you say, okay, now I understand. When you're like Him because you're going to see Him as He is. Show forth thankfulness every day. It's, it's vitally important to get past the negativity, to get past the negative attitude, to get past all of that and begin to praise the Lord by saying it and singing it and sharing it. To fill our mouths with gratefulness rather than grumbling. Do it today. Do it tonight. Do it tomorrow. Do it every day. Do it every night. The following story was in Home Life, and I'll close with this. Home Life magazine. Some years ago in Nashville, Tennessee, my wife wanted to buy some additional items for our Thanksgiving dinner. The cart was almost full and we were about ready to go and my wife was addressed by a man wanting to know how big a turkey he ought to buy. Then he wanted to know how to cook it. My wife told him patiently as much as she could, standing in the market, but could you tell me what I ought to cook with it? At that point, my wife more fully understood the man's need for assistance and went up and down the aisle selecting the things he needed for a good dinner. And she told him how to cook each item. As we turned to go, the man with a great deal of emotion sought to express his gratitude for my wife's courtesy. I think I shall never forget the man's final remarks. We've just come from the cemetery where I buried my wife. The children have lost their mother, but I don't want them to lose their Thanksgiving dinner. We still have much for which we are I know times are tough. I know that life seems very uncertain right now. At times very scary, certainly unsettled. We deal with bad news upon bad news upon bad news. But I want to remind you today that God is faithful. He's worthy of our trust. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our thanksgiving. And so let us with His help, if you're in the same boat I was, let's move from negativity to gratitude. Let's look at things in a way that brings honor to the Lord and praise the Lord and good to ourselves. It is good, the Bible says, to give thanks to the Lord. I don't know about you, but why well, feel a whole lot better if I get in a praise session than I do a grumbling session? So may it be known of us as believers that we are thankful for our merciful, faithful God. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Forgive us where we fail you in this. Your mercies are new every morning. Your compassions, they fail not. It's because of your mercies we're not consumed. Father, forgive us where we fail you. Forgive us when we focus upon all the bad and forget that you are good. 
seal this message to our hearts. Help us to be obedient to Your leading. And in this final part of the prayer, I just want to give you a moment, right where you're seated, as your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, to talk to the Lord about whatever it is He's saying to you. Maybe there's something you need to get right. Maybe it's forgiveness for whatever. Maybe you just want to say thank you. Whatever it is, I want to give you a moment right there where you are just to speak to the Lord. Then I'll close the prayer and we'll sing.
Thank you for listening today. We trust that our time together was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and of course on our website at redhillbaptist.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.